3: Get a Hello and welcome to episode 231 of Slamfire Radio. This is November 10th, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud.
4: I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly Lynn.
3: I'm Trevor. <laughs>
4: You're <laughs> sick of Trevor. He's got a goal.
3: Yeah, he's sick, but he's still on. Dedication. Dedication, <laughs> I folks. I tried to not... Come on, I tried so hard. Yeah, I did. But then you... I think you argued with yourself... To come on. I did. Yeah. 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 A lot and of amongst myself. Yeah. <laughs> you won the argument. So, it's you know, you yeah. got that. Yeah. And by winning, <laughs> I think I lost. <laughs> All I right. I
4: don't know if he won or not.
3: Mm, uh, in his argument with himself?
4: Uh, yeah. Win, win and did loss. He, uh, a draw. Did we win?
3: <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> move on. Uh,
2: maybe. Okay. All right. He's well, c-
4: Getting grumpy. <laughs> All
3: right, <laughs> that's what happens with a man cold. Uh What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Calgary's premier firearms retailer. Right now, they have the Kodiak Defense CZ eight five eight in hardwood for twelve ninety nine. Sweet. What's the Kodiak Defense?
4: It's a
3: rifle. That's the West rifle uh, yeah. version of the eight five eight that uses the Canadian made. Receiver So that it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't have the same, uh, if, if any government, f- for example, wants to go take backseas on the, uh, on the 858 amnesty, uh, this mm-hmm. won't be affected because right. it's okay. brand new, only semi-auto. So did they, does this, is, oh, okay, Never mind It's the same. It's, it's the same as an 858 yeah. or you a 58.
2: Remember, you remember we got the, the, um, decision reversed. And they were no yes. longer prohib. And then a bunch came in, and
3: they said, "Nope, you can't have them." And so the importer was basically cutting the receiver in two and then selling the parts kits. So that was Wolverine Supplies, and Wolverine Supplies got a bunch of these receivers and then just rebuilt them. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So okay. they've they've they managed to sell Good some use of those some rifles. The, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just by changing out the uh, converted receiver with this uh, Canadian made one. The markup is is thirteen hundred bucks. Uh-huh. When I bought my first EZ eight five eight, it was six fifty. Yeah, those days are gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Trevor, why don't you do yours first so you can uh, rest for the rest of it? Yeah. All right. Yep. <laughs> uh, I did some hunting and
2: I did some shooting with Snuffy. We went to the range. Uh, I sighted in my Magpul ten twenty two. Because I had bought a scope and it wasn't the right scope. And then I Mm -hmm. needed a new scope and I didn't have it in time for Maple Seed. So here's the thing. What'd you get? So I stayed with the Vortex uh, Crossfire 2 to 7. Right. What what happened the first time was I bought one and I think it was um, accidentally switched with the rifle version.
4: Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The difference being is one has the objective set to 50 meters or the parallax whichever term applies here
4: right
2: and the other one is set to 100
4: 100 yep
2: and uh, it looked like the 100 was on there because at 25 meters the crosshairs were just blurry 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 mm-hmm. so i took it off and i sold it to muffin for his 30 out six and then i got another one that was brand new in the package the package wasn't opened. it was guaranteed to be the rimfire version well, I figured out how to tell the difference between the rifle version and the rimfire version if you don't have the box.
4: How'd you do that?
2: There's a sticker under the uh,
4: exactly
2: turret cap.
4: Yeah, that says rimfire.
2: Yeah. yeah. You say it like you knew. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> Why didn't you say something back when this was going on?
4: Because it's funnier.
2: <laughs> no, it cost me $200. Buy, no, it cost me 400 Well, no, I, I, mean, I had to buy two scopes. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm glad me spending money makes you laugh. That's good. <laughs> I also had decided in my five nine seven. I went hunting with muffin and yeah. the scope that I shot all those rifleman scores with suddenly was off. And I mean it was off by three, four inches to the left for some reason. I don't It drifted. Uh, pardon?
4: It drifted.
5: Oh, you know what?
4: What?
2: It changed the rail.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I it. forgot
2: that's that I point. changed the rail. This is just now occurring to me. I changed the rail and then I took it hunting. I'm such a numpty. Anyway, so I got my 1022 sighted in. I got the 597 sided in with the new rail. And I test fired my new uh, 1022. And I test fired my new 20 gauge. All right.
4: So then the I got 10- into. Huh? I was, I was just going to ask the new 1022, how do you like it? It's the one that's all. Uh, it's all metal,
2: right? Yeah, I mean, I like it fine. Uh, everything is is better than the modern one. The action right. is is buttery smooth. The trigger is better. Trigger is still pretty heavy. Uh, I mean, compared to my bolt yeah. setup, yep. I choose the wooden stock is very very beefy. Yeah. Uh, if I was if this was my only ten twenty two and I didn't want it for like a collector's piece,
4: yep, you uh, would
1: trade
2: you it up. I, I would take that wooden stock off and either go with a modern wooden stock. Or mm. the modern black plastic Because it's just so thick and heavy It's needlessly thick and heavy mm. Other than that um, it sh- It's probably zeroed for 50 Because I was shooting it at 25 And it was shooting Oh,
4: easy Six, six inches?
2: Uh, I was going to say two to four
4: mm.
2: So anyway, Oh yeah, uh, that's right yeah. I'm just gonna give the rear sight a bump down one notch, one line. Like there's two little screws on the blade in the back, and there's, there's lines on the piece that moves, and then lines on the on the uh, yep. on the piece that doesn't move. And so I'll just yeah. move it down to the next line. Yeah, uh, he's shoot well. Yep. And then I mounted the a scope for my dad on mm-hmm. an old CIL single shot that he has. Oh, I feel bad for my dad. The only thing he has as good as the 10.22 I bought him a couple of years ago. Everything else is in pretty bad shape. The trigger guard is cracked, and the ejector, or the extractor is, is done. It doesn't eject the shell or extract the shells from the chamber. But anyway, and, and the scope I put on was a 3-9 to nine rifle scope, but whatever. If he's happy, I'm happy. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I got into loading slugs. Um, Captain Andy lent Muffin and I his Lyman single cavity 525 grain Sabo pellet type slug. Mold, so we loaded a bunch of those, or we cast a bunch of those, and I started loading them because I was lucky. I had the uh, I had all the components I needed: the right wad, the right sl- uh, w- right hull, the right uh, wad hull, and powder. Yeah, powder, right. of course, you need powder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, changed the sights on my Arsenal Strike One. I had it over here the other day, and I was playing with it. Actually, I was painting the sights on another pistol got a white paint pen, and I've got, I can't remember which. Oh, I think my, my Dominion Arms 1911 has three dot white sights, and the front sight was yellow, and the back sights were white. So I painted the front sight white with some fresh paint, and I'm going to get around to blocking out the, the rear ones at some point. And I thought I would uh, check the sights on my Arsenal Strike 1, and they're not paint. The hole in the front sight blade is drilled all the way through, And the holes in the rear sight are drilled all the way through. And then they're filled with silicone. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to um, scratch a piece of dirt off of the front sight. And it was like, wow, it's got a lot of give to it. What's going on? And I just kept pushing, kept pushing. And all of a sudden, the Allen key popped through the other side. And out came this piece of silicone. Um, So I had pieces of fiber optic here, both red and green, that were the right size. Now, the hole is actually tapered. So it's it's smaller in the front than it is in the back, but the fiber optic still went in there plenty tight, and I burned it on both ends. It's not going anywhere, so I put red in the back and green in the front. And a huge difference from three white sights to the contrast of the red on the, uh, or green in the front, red in the back. I probably, at some point, may figure out a way to fill the rear one and black it out. So I just have a green front and a black in the rear. And then, I don't know if I mentioned this before, a couple of weeks ago I had a physical and one of the things I asked the doctor to check was my lead levels in my blood. And the news came back that my lead is four times higher than the acceptable level. Uh, It's supposed to be between 0 and 20 uh, units per liter and it was 97.7 units per liter. Um, There's some... Confusion there about uh, deciliters versus liters and what the numbers actually mean, blah, blah, blah. So I discussed the numbers with another doctor uh, who we all know, and uh, he was like, You don't need to worry. But uh, that being said, no level of lead in your blood is an acceptable level. Yeah. Um, they used to say that, Oh, you can have this much. No, you're not supposed to have any. Not supposed to be any lead in your blood. Okay. And So they flagged it as high, so the doctor brought me in, and he wants me to stop everything for a while and then take a lot of precautions when it comes to reloading. So this will be a main topic. I think we might get that doctor on to discuss what these numbers actually mean, um, Uh what you need to be concerned about, and then we can talk about um, precautions that you should be taking when shooting and, and when
3: reloading.
4: Reloading. Now, Adriel, have you ever had your lead tested? Nope. No, and I haven't either. So, you know what? I wonder how many of our listeners actually test lead on a regular basis.
2: Well, um, when I took MAG 40 in 2012, Masada Yub said, All of you who shoot, not even reloaders, shooters need to get it checked. If you shoot indoors, you absolutely must get it checked. And uh, he said, I guarantee all of you are going to have lead in your blood and all of you are going to be, you know, a little high. So,. I came home now. I got into Ipsic in 2011 and started reloading right away. And in 2012, I had it checked and it was high then. But it wasn't as high then as it is now. So um, I obviously didn't do anything to improve um, my reloading practices because it has continued to go up since 2011, not stayed stable or gone down. So I need to...
4: Right, but back in 2011, were you still doing casting, or
2: I wasn't you... casting then.
4: Mmm. Okay.
2: So, and I, I've done casting, but I haven't done that much casting. Um, I've done casting outdoors. You've even used a fan while casting outside, but I need a I need a good respirator. Yeah. Um, inhaling molten lead fumes cannot be good. So. Right. I suspect that's probably even though I haven't cast it all that much. Casting with Muffin is scary cuz he does it like in his garage with no ventilation and no respirator and he laughs and
4: Well, that's the the thing that I was going to ask. Where are you doing this?
2: When I do it at home, you, I do it. You're
4: doing it outside, right? Yeah,
2: I do it right outside on the on the back deck.
4: That should be fine. But what about like you do the reloading downstairs in the basement, right? Yeah. Is there any ventilation downstairs in the basement at all?
2: No, but you don't need any cuz there's, mm. you know, the only going the only contamination there is touching the, the components. Yeah. And then not uh, not washing your hands afterwards, not wearing gloves right. to begin with.
4: Are you making Plus, a sandwich in the middle of it?
2: Possibly.
3: Well, we'll save all this for the, for a main <laughs> topic because all it's right. all yeah, it's all good stuff. If we have uh, a if we have a listener who's like who's gotten this diagnosis and has like some really good uh, thoughts on it, or a, do- a listener who's a doctor who has <laughs> some thoughts on this. Oh, I think I got too. a doctor lined up. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: Okay.
4: okay.
3: Yeah. So, that's it for me,
2: Adriel. What about you? Oh, sorry. Wait, that's not it for me.
4: Okay. How about a gun. What'd you
2: buy? <laughs> Oh, freaking Adriel, son of a gun. Uh... Well. The Muffin wants to get into Classic, and Lorette's going back to Classic, and Adriel bought that 1911, and he's not overly disgusted with it. And So I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but actually there's a listener email coming up. I found out a couple of weeks ago that STI is dropping the Trojan right. line. Yep. So the only single stack 1911 it's going to offer is going to be their DVC Classic. They're They're not going to be offering, quote-unquote, regular... 1911s anymore. The 1911s are stupid expensive. It's one of the things I hate about them. I still, you know, I love using my 1911 in competition, but I still hate the 1911 in a lot of ways. So anyway, I know it's kind of weird, but uh, it's a love hate relationship. One of the things I hate about them is how bloody overpriced they are. They've been making 1911s since what what year exactly? Oh yeah, nineteen freaking eleven. <laughs> uh, they don't need to cost three thousand dollars. Anyway, um, the Trojan that I have, I got from the Calgary Shooting Center for six hundred bucks and it was new. I couldn't believe it. At that time they were eighteen hundred bucks. Now they're twenty four hundred dollars. I'm not spending oh, twenty four hundred dollars to get another one. I wanted to get another one because I wanted to have another one and I wanted to get one before they stopped making them, but I'm like, no, I my truck needs tires. I'm not I'm not doing it. So but I still wanted to get a second one. Right. So with this three hundred and fifty dollar Narinko nine millimeter that's going around, if I don't keep if I just use the slide in the frame and, and and buy all the other parts and fit them and build it, I'm still coming out ahead. I'm not gonna go anywhere near twenty four hundred dollars. So um, yeah, there's a guy who had one on CGN for three hundred bucks. I'm like, three hundred bucks? I can't lose. Like everywhere else they're three fifty plus tax plus shipping. This guy just wants three hundred shipped. I'm in. So did the transfer on it this morning, and uh, he'll put it in the mail tomorrow or Monday. And uh, I've already so i spent $300 on the gun, and then yeah. I spent 245 in parts. And all that was was a Dawson front sight, a STI short-reach trigger, and... Are you going to run a Magwell? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to build a clone to my Trojan. Cool. I already have a spare magwell here, but it's got an arched mainspring housing, but I'll put that in for now until I get the uh, another flage. I, I ran the arched for a year or two with that gun, and then um, I ran the arched for a year or two with that gun, and then um, I prefer a flat, so I ordered a flat, so I still have the arch sitting in the drawer. What was the other thing I ordered? Front sight. The front sight was the afterthought. Um, another STI part, I think, it was... Um, the trigger, what would I need, Adriel? What would I buy? Trigger, mag. front
4: sight. Mag.
2: Oh, the threaded mag catch. Oh. Dawson threaded mag catch. And oh, you know yeah. what? That was dumb, I shouldn't have, because it comes the, with a threaded mag catch. I'm quite sure, because my Dominion Arms did.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's threaded.
2: Crap. That was 60 bucks. I could have spent on something else.
3: I mean, it's not a fantastically nice to look at, but it works just fine. Exactly. Uh, so It's a little bit rough in use, mine was at least. Uh, so maybe you'll get something that's a little bit smoother. Is it the whole mag catch, like the whole button and everything? I bought um,
2: the Dawson Precision mag catch
3: and the STI extended button. Yeah. So like mine's mine's very rough in use. Maybe yours will be a little bit nicer. Yeah. So, so, so those
2: are the, the parts I ordered. Um Denis can um Denis can cut the sixty degree dovetail for the front sight and so can Andy and uh, so Adriel is transferring his nineteen eleven to me or do you want to talk about the Adriel?
3: I mean yeah, that's um, we're gonna we're gonna tart up our uh, our norks at the same time.
2: Yep, exactly. So whatever I do to mine, he's gonna do to his the other thing, though, Adriel, is um, another uh, buddy that I shoot IPSC with down there. He's got a pile of STI 1911s. Well, he's replaced all of the guts he does to a, to an STI, what I'm doing to a Nork, The STI parts aren't good enough for him. He switches to Infinity parts. And so um, I took my Dominion Arms and I put in an STI hammer, sear, disconnector, grip safety, and takedown pin and trigger bar. He still has a bunch of those parts, so I'm going to get all the parts from him, and I'm going to put them in my in my Nork. So I don't cool. know if you want to go that far, Adriel, but um, I'll be replacing all of the... Uh, like, if you want, uh, we'll just do a trigger job on the parts that are there and cut the dovetail for the proper sight, front and back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I'm going full you know what and you're just kind of going half yes
3: well I so I put uh, Wilson's spring kit in mine Uh, I don't think I'm going to replace the uh, hammer and sear and uh, uh, grip Uh, safety we'll just clean them up then yeah yeah Um, yeah that Wilson's kit's coming out though I'm going to
2: replace that with a a wolf kit that's uh, more appropriate for nine mil cool We'll change your main spring, your firing pin spring, your recoil spring. Put the same set in yours that I'm putting in mine. Cool. Uh, And then cut the the groove or the uh, dovetail for the front sight. And you want a barrel bushing fit?
1: Uh,
3: I think I should. It's kind of loose. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of loose. All right. It's a question of finding one. That's because these don't have bull barrels, do they? Hmm. I don't think so. I think it just looks like a regular one to me. Pretty thin wall barrel. Yeah. Okay. Too bad. That's one nice thing I like about the SEI is it does have a bull barrel. Yeah. I don't like. I don't personally need it. I'm just want something a little bit tighter lock up. All right. Well, we'll
2: we'll get something on there.
3: Cool. All right. What else? What else did you do? Uh, let's see. So I shot a three gun match on Saturday. Uh, came in second. Uh, uh, this shooter's... Congrats! Yeah, I, I was I was happy. With, I was really happy with second. I started off my day uh, hungover, and one of the first shooters to to shoot uh, this one particular stage, and I really botched my uh, my pistol shooting. I was just terrible. Uh, but I made it up on the shotgun stages and what did you shoot for a pistol did you use the nork oh yeah I used the nork but it's not the nork's fault it's my fault <laughs> Yeah, but did it did it run though did it run uh, it ran the slide stop wasn't locking back uh, I want to shoot it with um, uh, some high like a high-speed camera and just see it, it was like 115 grade ammo it was cold outside so if it you know didn't uh, didn't get enough punch to uh, to bring it all the way to the rear and I'm I'm not bl- blaming the gun for that either. That was the extended Nork slide stop, right? Yeah. I've always heard bad things about those. Hmm.
2: So uh, mine's oozy. no
3: longer extended though.
2: Right, but the problem may be on the inside,
3: not the fact that you chopped oh, it yeah. up on the outside. Maybe. Yeah. Cuz it's uh yeah, it's a little bit grindy I guess in use. Uh so yeah, maybe I'll have to replace that too. Uh, yeah, the, the, the guy who won, uh, he's a, he's a listener of the show and, uh, he hasn't been doing it for too long, but man, did he, he had, uh, a couple stages where he just crushed it and, uh, really demolished the rest of the field. So, uh, really good shooting. Uh, let's see then. Uh, so that was Saturday and then Sunday I started hunting. So I've been hunting all week. Um, I shot a, uh, and and yeah, yeah. Shot a nice white tail buck. Uh, made some uh, jerky, sat in the cold, yeah, all that kind of stuff. All the, that hunting. I'm gonna go out again uh, tomorrow. Uh, now, what kind of rack? How many points? What did it score? I don't score none. No, nothing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm into the hunting, hunting gear but guy, not the hunting trophy guy. No, the the trophy thing is is not me. I'm not into to trophy hunting at all. It just it's never been a thing with me. So um yeah it's got a rack it's a decent sized buck it's got a lot of meat on it that'll all turn into jerky um i'll never i don't think i'm ever going to get into trophy hunting i i shoot stuff and to to hunt and uh, not to yeah same here every blackberry i ever shot was the first one that showed up i didn't hold out for one that was bigger it's like
2: oh you're here you're mine let's go but I still i still have an interest in deer racks and and the antlers and, uh, what, you know, how many points and stuff like that? Like, was it
3: a six point and eight point? Like I'll send you a picture. All right. So small. <laughs> I got it. Okay. No, it was a medium sized one. It was like a four by four or something like that. I, I don't know. Can you remember?
4: It was, it was a good size. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right. It not
3: bad. I've still got a yeah. mule deer tag and a moose tag. So. I'm gonna go out and see if I can uh, see any of those. I had, I haven't seen anything for moose. I've seen some tracks, but uh, very few and far between. I have. You know seen, when the
2: rut is for moose out there?
3: Uh, it's uh, my tag is for a cow moose, so I'd have oh. to call for those. Well, so still,
2: bit... you could be you could call a cow. Yeah, yeah. But and is I, the rut over? Because it's late. I have no idea. You're just an opportunistic hunter. Is that it? <laughs> You drive around you see something, you shoot it. No, I don't drive around. No, you can't do that in Alberta. I was
4: gonna say, isn't that anybody?
2: Uh, What's uh, that, Kelly?
4: Isn't that anybody opportunistic hunter? Of
2: course not. No, I don't even guys that will.
3: I'm not even like super. All summer
2: before they finally pull the trigger on one, and they they use calls and or they call call the moose in, and they uh, they hunt hunt. Moose hunting is, uh, Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I call too. Like I've been calling for uh, for cow moose. Um, I rattle for uh, for white-tailed deer, um, and sometimes I just sit. So yeah. <laughs> sometimes just you sitting know, and, and waiting and seeing what walks by is uh, is the right you move. What do depends on the time
2: of year and what's happening with regard to the rut.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with with deer right now, it's it's easy because they're they're in full rut. So it's uh, perfect. Yeah, very. I've seen a ton of mule deer. I am gonna take a mule deer. Um, now that I'm saying it, I'm probably should probably knock on wood, but, uh, (laughs) I've seen lots of, of, uh, mule deer. So I'll take, uh, an list there. That's what my tags for, uh, moose, if it comes along kind of a thing. Uh, oh, yeah. And and (laughs) so I've, I've got a six, five Creedmoor, uh, with that six to 24 target scope on it because I was sighting it in, uh, with that and uh i shot my deer at like 20 yards <laughs> really yeah this fancy <laughs> bolt action with a, a long range cartridge and you know i could have used a thirty thirty just fine yep. that's hilarious yeah uh, that's how it works right yep uh let's see yeah i'm gonna mail out my mp29 to trevor to you know get all molested up and uh uh, Matador Arms had this mag rotor challenge with... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I shot my video for that. Are you or
4: are we going to... How are we going to do that?
3: I don't know. I shot I, a video.
4: I, oh, really? Yeah. Can I see it? Because I'm going to actually do one for Babel <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit biased.
3: Uh, you can beat my time. I had a stoppage, and uh, it was it, it, it's minus twenty out, and it was windy, so I took one take, and that I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's too cold to uh, to do a whole bunch of takes at it. Uh, and I think that's it for me, uh, Kelly. What have you been, you been up to? Uh,
4: well, it was the last weekend for Maple Seed. Yay! Did I sound really happy about that?
3: When do you start up again, though? <laughs> March.
4: Uh, <laughs> But we have we have events booked already for April. We have an event for April the twenty first or twenty second. Well, both days we're doing it in Napanee. One of them is going to be a ladies' seat, so that's going to be our first one oh, cool. ever. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, it was we've had twenty five events originally. We started it with four. Yeah, like after 25 it's been a it's been an amazing year so it's been pretty cool but the last one was in Kingston so it was nice to be able to sleep, uh, sleep in my own bed so uh, Saturday was awesome it was cold and but it was sunny too so that was good it kind of warmed up throughout the day but we had one uh, one guy there his name was Josh he was a youth shooter and he's never shot before his dad was there. His dad was not shooting. His dad was uh, being a parent and uh, being... Actually, he was a pretty cool guy. Was he uh, a
2: helicopter I, parent?
4: <laughs> I sent him for donuts and coffee later. <laughs> but he was a pretty nice guy. Um, and uh, it was good because of the fact that he was prepping all the mags for Josh and everything. And I was working specifically with Josh because of the fact that he was our youth shooter. And we had a pretty small line anyways. But um, nice kid. Uh, he... I Was uh, I think he's about ten, and uh, what happened was uh, Ed, his father, uh, worked with another guy that was uh, there. He heard about he heard about Project Maple Seed on Gun Nuts, and he signed up for the event. And he told Ed about it, and Ed said, "Well, that might be something for my 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 son to attend." So. Uh, the guy that was attending with Ed and Josh, he loaned them a rifle. Uh, the only problem is it's iron sights, and it didn't fit really Josh at all. So we got him a loaner, and we got him something with a, a scope on it, and he had an amazing time. Now, Josh has a little bit of a tension deficit disorder, and uh, his father said this is the... First time ever that he's been able to do anything. He started right at 8 o'clock and he went right through to till 4 35 o'clock and he just wanted to shoot, shoot, and more shooting. He's, he originally started with the iron sights and he wasn't able, he didn't even put anything on paper. So once I, I traded him out and put in, uh, a loaner rifle with optics on it, he was able to see what he was hitting and he was so excited about it. He went from like a basketball size group down to like a f- three or four inch group and he was able to to pretty much hit Uh, by the end of it he was able to hit a uh, flapjack at 25 yards consistently he's just he was over the moon about it and he wanted his dad to take him shooting uh, um, all the time basically he says let's go and do this I just he was just loving it so his dad was extremely happy about it he is extremely happy about the way that we teach kids as well and he's going to the dad himself is going to be uh, taking the program when when we come back and yeah he wants to improve his shooting as well sunday was a different um different story we had torrential downpour uh it was 70 to 100 kilometer an hour winds we had canopies up uh we had a couple of shooters uh uh, one that was uh, had mobility issues. He was in a wheelchair, and unfortunately, the canopies went flying. Um, we decided to do points of instruction underneath a. Uh, there's a steel roof area that we that we did that under. But by the time we got to shooting, uh, it we just couldn't because everything was flying. Uh, the rifles would have been flying. The the range floor itself is sand, um, and it was just soupy, and yeah, the rain was raining sideways. So what we did was we actually went through all the points of instruction. We gave everybody—it uh, was a little different because we actually got people down the line with practice rifles and all that, but underneath the uh, the steel roof, and then we said to them, well, what's what we were— we're, what we're going to do is actually we're going to give you guys the opportunity to come back free of charge at any uh, event next year as well. So they were happy with that. And, but unfortunately, we didn't get to shoot because of the fact that we just didn't feel like it was going to be safe uh, for anybody to to shoot. One, the rifles, uh, everything was flying around. It was just, uh, the the weather was just horrendous. It's the first time we've ever actually done that, too. So, um, yeah. But... Anyways, as I said, uh, Napanee, uh, we have booked events for April and May already, uh, uh, so pay attention to our uh, website because we are going to be putting up Eventbrite dates for both Napanee and London, Ontario as well. Uh, The other thing that we've been doing is the CCFR calendar. We've been putting teasers out, so next week we're going to have the calendar available, so go to the website and go to the stores part and you can actually um, buy the calendar. So that's gonna be
2: We should have like a contest to see who can get their calendar with the most signatures.
4: I think that's a really good idea. Hmm. If Amongst the can, host or listeners?
2: Listeners, like take it to all the different events or I think hit really them up idea. and mail it to them. I think everything's a contest, right?
4: <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually a really good idea. Mm, we can I'm surprised arrange.
2: by how many I know that are in there. So I'm pretty sure I could get like half right off the bat. Hey,
4: how do you know who's all in there? Well, oh, yeah.
2: Tr- Tracy Even... keeps spoiling it every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every mm-hmm. day there's a new, so this is another girl that's in the calendar. This is another girl in the calendar. So, you know, it's kind of exciting because it, you know, I mean, it sound like a negative, but it's not really a negative. But, yes, the spoilers are out there that, you know, you know well, who you know who's coming. So.
4: Right. We have been doing the teasers,
2: but... Yeah, teasers, that's what I was looking for Not spoilers, yeah. teasers. teasers I'm medicated,
4: it's, it's not my fault They're actually going to be in the calendar this year too So, looking mm. forward to it uh, The other thing is, Trevor mm. uh, So, um, I have a question for you mm-hmm. uh, Jason Phelps Pretty nice yep. guy, right? He's alright Yeah. No. Well, come on, is he really a nice guy or what?
2: He's alright, why?
4: Oh, just wondering, because I just bought a shotgun from him
3: <gasps> You son of a <laughs> <laughs> did you snipe yes. one of Trevor's deals? He's I did. a bastard and so are you.
4: <laughs> well we, well you guys have been chatting about what you did in guns. I just bought a shotgun from him. You
2: son of a why would you knew I wanted that gun?
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't. No, I wanted it, but you did talk talking. about it
2: months and months and months ago, so I did. You're, you're, I, you know, you know what? Just, you're welcome, Jason. My wanting it prompted her to get off her ass and buy it.
4: It did. You've- I still haven't shot my. i sorry. I still haven't sold my BR99, so I'm gonna to have to figure out what to do with that. Sell it. I know.
3: Just sell to a listener. Hey, listeners, there's a BR99 for what? Are you selling it for? Three hundred bucks. Four
2: hundred dollars. <laughs> hey, four hundred dollars. right? It's worth four hundred dollars. It, it, it legit is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's,
4: but. it's worth. Yeah, it was worth more than. It's only got a, what, 100, 100 for it. What? Hundred, hundred rounds through it. No, actually, psych- it, it, no. It is broken in. It's cycling nicely. now. Trying
2: in. to help you here.
4: Well, it's just barely broken in. There you go. Comes with three chokes two megs.
2: There we go.
4: Just saying, it's air ER platform, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Still interested in the Daria? Yeah?
4: Uh no. I just bought a Benelli.
2: No, I am still interested in the Daria oh, R Twelve. You are. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay. So, yeah, I just bought a shotgun. So The only thing is, he said he'd sell it to me for a good price if you actually said something nice about him. So
2: well, He's a bastard.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. How much? What did he quote you?
4: 400 bucks.
2: Okay, well, that's what he quoted that's, me. So, at least he's yes. not playing us against each other.
4: That's not bad.
2: Not bad. That gun is worth way more than $400. Oh, he's only I giving know. it to $400 because he won it.
4: Okay, well, you know what? He's being a nice guy.
2: He is being a nice guy, but you didn't hear that from me. I know, you know, for for a shotgun guy, he's all right.
4: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a nice, it's a Benelli Nova. Yeah, it's the, it's an awesome gun. I've shot it before, not his, but somebody else's. I love it.
2: Yep. Good for you. Congratulations.
4: Yeah, new gun. I figured, you know what? All of us, like Matthews, bought the Troy Par, right? On the show. Yep. On the show, you pulled over, and what did you buy?
2: Well, no, that was wasn't on the show, but I did pull over and buy the Paradis one day, but oh, I bought yeah, guns on right. the show before.
4: Right. I
2: bought a shotgun on the show last week.
4: Oh yeah, that's right. You bought the ten twenty two as well. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh no, I didn't buy the shotgun on the show, I bought the ten twenty two on the show. Right. Yeah. So that's three shows, three guns.
4: Right. And like Adriel, he's constantly buying guns on the show too, so it's my mm-hmm. turn.
2: Yep. Guess yep. so. Yep. I'm glad you succumbed to the peer pressure. Fit in or get out.
4: <laughs> I thought it would be hilarious to buy it on the show while you are talking about it. anyways.
2: Yeah, well, if I was feeling I love better. you. Yeah, I love you too.
4: <laughs> Move on. All right. Let's, that's it. That's all I've done.
3: All right. Why don't we go on to upcoming events. Uh, the first one we have here is the Calgary Shooting Center has a pistol level zero coming up. Uh, their next course will be Sunday, November 26th. It'll be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, you can email them at courses at the shootingcenter.com or call the store to get your name in for the course. Limited slots are available. Uh, are we talking about the uh, eighth annual Podcast Network charity shoot? Sure.
4: Eighth, I don't know.
3: Well, uh, what do you, you want to talk about? Well, I'll hit it once more and then we'll put it in italics. It'll be July 7th at the Restigouche Gun Club in Balmoral, New Brunswick. There will be a mini steel challenge match, pistol or 22 rifle. Uh, there will be a round of trap and 22 silhouette, rifle shoot, maybe zombies if Filthy sees to it. Yes, Filthy uh, printed zombie targets for us our first
2: year we did at Rustagush. Um, So I'm pretty sure we were supposed to have a gun club meeting last night, but we didn't have quorum in the executive, so we canceled. Mm-hmm. And last night would have been the night that I would have gotten approval. The only thing I don't know is whether or not the trap section is going to... Um, donate around a trap for everybody that shows up. So I don't know what we're going to do about that. I don't want to put any of the money collected into anything other than the, um, the charity. Mm -hmm. So we may forego the trap if they don't come on board Uh, or I'll ask, uh, I'll ask some of the previous organizers their opinion on, I don't know. Would we rather not have trap and put all the money in the coffers or into the charity, or would we rather take a little bit of money from the door and pay for a round of trap? I don't. I don't want to do that.
3: I can shoot I mean, trap anytime. Uh, like that's Oh, there you go. Yeah. But so that's just me.
4: Yeah.
2: I'll yeah, talk that's... to Muffin. He's the president, and uh, he'll probably be the one having to work the machine anyway, unless we get one of the trap guys. There's a couple of trap guys that are pretty cool. Um, so we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see on trap. I know everything else is going to be, you know, okay. a, good to go. So. What about
4: her? What about uh, the last time we were there? There was the, uh, I, I don't know, was he twelve? The little kid. It'd be good to see him again.
2: There was a kid there.
4: Yeah, remember there was a little kid. He wore a shirt,
2: it. talked I a kid. lot. I mean, come on, Kelly. Was-
4: no, he's the kid that but twelve years old, and he beat the crap out of everybody with with uh, trap.
2: Oh, I think that was um, Muffin's stepson. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. He's still around.
4: It'd be, be nice shoot to much. see him again, see if he can come out and uh, He's a lazy give
2: teenager a... now, so i uh, <laughs> to <let's> tell you.
4: <laughs> Mop him, get beat. him out.
2: Yeah. All right, why don't we get on to the news? And the most important news item of this episode is the announcement of Bone is Not Alone. Richard Bone, welcome to Slamfire Radio.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you for coming huh? on, and uh, we're excited to have you on. A lot of the listeners by now are very familiar with your name, our contest, and uh, what you're going through, I guess. No, I've,
1: I've got one of those names.
2: Yes, you do. You sure do. <laughs> you have an epic, epic name, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm really jealous. If I could go back to university, I'd want to go back with your name.
1: Yeah, it wasn't sure. so much fun in junior high, though.
2: No, I don't imagine it was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, um. So Richard, why don't we get a little bit of an update from you on well frankly how you're how you're doing how things are progressing and, and how your treatment regime is coming along
1: uh, well, nobody expects this to be an easy road to go down and uh, it certainly isn't um, I've done now well, not including my previous things but just this uh, latest round of fight I've done after the surgery I've done 22. Uh, radiation treatments out of 30, so that's bringing us to eight left. And we take weekends and holidays off, so with this weekend and Remembrance Day uh, being taken off on Monday by the treatment centre, uh, I'll be done on November 22nd for that. And uh, mostly, I mean, there's like a sunburn around my neck and the dry skin and ointments and so on for that. But uh, it's caused the damage to the healthy cells inside the throat, including my voice, and, uh, which is affecting the speech. As I'm sure you can remember from meeting in the summer, <laughs> I don't have the voice I did. No, you
3: sound quite different now. But,
1: uh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. E- each day is, is another day and get her done. And we've only got eight left. And it seems like a very short amount of time left now compared to when it started. That was a, a, a high mountain to look at climbing at the time, I tell you. <clears throat> but,
2: at 22 yeah. out of 30 is is a huge chunk. It's a good accomplishment, but I, I would imagine that presented with, you know, the number 30 must have seemed overwhelming.
1: Uh, yeah, that's <clears throat> pretty much the highest number they give anybody. And, and when you combine that with being on the th- uh, focused on the throat, Uh, my radiation oncologist is saying that this is the uh, toughest uh, treatment plan that they prescribe at the cross cancer in Edmonton it doesn't get any tougher than this
2: and when these 30 are done Richard what's next
1: uh, then it's uh, physiotherapy on speech, uh, speech language pathologists helping me uh, try and get some strength back in the swallowing, uh, physio on my shoulder because of the uh, nerve that was cut during the surgery. I can only lift my left arm up so high, et cetera, et cetera. So um, lots of challenges coming up. Um, like I haven't eaten since like an actual meal since August 22nd. And uh, it, I went to a support group just the other morning before treatment. Uh, with other people and I, I tell you I'm young for this uh, all these other people are 60 and up Oof. who uh, have gone through this similar thing and uh, six months down the road they're still learning how to eat again so it's gonna it's gonna be kind of a rough winter
2: well when Oof. you sit down to your first Alberta steak I want lots and lots of pictures
1: <laughs> and my first Alberta steak a been off the hoof that I put on the ground
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it had to be beef.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but I won't be getting one this year. I just don't have the strength to go out to the bush and yeah. pull it out. Uh, the shot part's easy, and they're yeah. dragging it out the bush—that's the work.
2: Oh yeah, exactly. I had to give up on bear mm-hmm. hunting because in case mm-hmm. I got one, I had surgery on my left hand. My left hand is still basically useless. So what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, you shoot something, you can't, you you know, you can't sit down and start eating right away. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah. I need to take a bite out of the heart. Yeah, I suppose.
2: <laughs> so awesome, Kelly, Adriel. Any, any questions for Richard before we move to the big news?
4: No, just want to know how how you're doing.
1: In general, you know, I keep my spirits high, and uh, my wife and daughter and uh, Bug, my granddaughter, are really good with uh, keeping me occupied and mentally going. And then, obviously, all the time wasting on. Facebook and all that fun stuff <laughs> the advocating and <clears throat> trying to keep up on what's going on as far as firearms and CCFR is concerned, yeah so
2: well, we do appreciate the uh,
3: <laughs>
2: the updates on facebook it's it certainly it's a great way to keep everyone who cares about you and is interested in your in your uh, progress It's a great way to keep them in the loop, so you know I don't know if I would have. The energy to to even bother checking Facebook, never mind keeping everyone who cares about you updated. So it certainly it says something, man. You're a fighter. You're yeah. a fighter. Yeah, no it's,
1: it. it started as a a way to vent, just writing stuff, and <clears throat> then, <clears throat> pardon me, and <clears throat> and then turned into sort of like a support me, support everybody else kind of adventure. And I've had phone calls from people across the country um asking what the actual realities are of uh like bladder cancer for instance um a mutual friend actually we sat on the phone for quite a while talking about his uh diagnosis what he was actually going to be looking at so uh, and it makes me proud that people are really getting something out of it because more more awareness needs to be gained for sure on stuff uh, because this happens to anybody not it's not one of those things when we're all kids ah it'll never bother me because it will one way or another
2: yeah there's I don't know anyone who hasn't been affected by cancer one way or another everyone like everyone knows someone who has it had it everyone lost someone everybody's been affected by it it's it's terrible yeah and uh you've had more than your fair share
1: yeah I'm starting to feel that way (laughs) yeah Enough. I must, enough. Have, I must have been some kind of little bastard when I was in my teens, man.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but
1: paying so, my penance now.
2: <laughs> are you ready to uh, make the big announcement?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Right.
2: So let's remind the listeners again what we were doing. We were um, we had a raffle. You sent us an EMT, and the dollar amount corresponded to the amount of tickets you had. And of course, like any other lottery or raffle, the more The more you buy, the better your chances are of winning. So um, we know who the winner is. We know how much money was raised. Uh, I'll, I'll say this part, Richard. You can say the rest. But people had the option of, like, obviously Richard couldn't join his own contest. We couldn't join. So some people who wanted to support were buying tickets and putting them in Richard's name. So 62 tickets were put in Richard's name. So how do you feel about that, Richard?
1: Uh, you know, it, it's all just pretty much overwhelming, man. I, 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 it's it's hard to come up with the right words that aren't going to trigger some sort of emotional breakdown, to be honest. It's, it's, it's quite overwhelming.
2: Well, you deserve it. Um, you are a pillar of the firearms community, you're a strong, uh, CCFR advocate, and, uh, you know, Adriel and Matthew and I. Kelly, have you met Richard yet? In person? No. Uh,
4: Although, true. I did send him a calendar last year because, you
1: know what, he <laughs> <laughs> deserved to get a calendar. we got to yeah. split the love, right? You you. Yeah. It's yeah. still on the wall. <laughs> awesome. awesome.
2: Well, Richard, if you're ready, you can go ahead and uh, announce the winner and announce uh, what they're going to win and how much money was raised.
1: I shall do that If I make any mistakes I apologize now uh, I'm sure to be corrected Anyway uh, First of all Thank you so much to everybody Who participated in this It was uh, A hell of a Hell of a thing to be asked A couple months ago If I would condone it And uh, being the proud guy I am I I got talked into it And going to make some uh, Donations down the road To uh, Help other people as well, but uh, without further ado, uh, the winners are Lori slash Adam Grant. So Adam Grant, uh, you guys win the uh, the rifle. What is that? The BCL 102 and from uh, shit, SFRC. SFRC, SFRC, your ammo source, and you get the Matador Arms. Uh, what's that called? A scorpion? Saber tooth. Saber chassis. And a pistol from Calgary Shooting Center. I'm not up on my pistol, so the names don't always stick in my head.
3: Yeah, It so, was like, a uh, Smith & Wesson
1: M&P SD9. SD9, that's right. Yeah. And, um, uh, what, what, yeah, that was it. You tried to get a shotgun, but your buddy didn't come through. <laughs> but, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah.
2: Well, it's okay. We're going to hold this. Hold his
3: feet to the fire on the next one,
1: yeah, yeah
3: I mean so we 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 got really good uh, sponsorship on this like the yeah, like, like it's part amazing. Of the, yeah, yeah and it uh, it really uh, helped with raising uh, fundraising for this thing and no uh, it was very generous of uh, of the sponsors to uh, step up like that.
1: Crazy generous. and I've met Annika from Matador uh, at a Calgary gun show. very nice lady her and her husband and just fantastic people all around. but uh, So, back to the ticket information, Um, I'm very humbled by this. It's insane. Uh, So, the the amount raised is $5,425, which corresponds into 1,341 tickets. It's insane. (laughs) It really is. Uh, um, But it's going to help out a lot because it is an expensive drive to Edmonton back every day, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think my wife is also pretty deserving of something special Mm. for for being there. Maybe we can get
2: an alarm system for your car so nobody steals your laundry anymore. (laughs)
1: Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just glad to watch you got me. Uh, Wasn't taken in that as well. But um, yeah um yeah i I don't even know how to pull out the proper words on uh, to adequately voice my uh, my gratitude on this.
2: Uh, you, you don't have to, Richard uh, you know it's a, it's a terrible thing that you're going through and we were happy to put on this contest and the listeners were obviously more than happy to contribute. so and I would also like to thank everyone, uh, everyone who helped promote it, the other podcasts ccfr tracy wilson tracy
1: uh needs, yeah she needs yeah, a good word out
2: definitely tracy had a hand in, in getting you to go along with this so she definitely uh, it was uh um played a, a pivotal role in making this contest happen and of course all the sponsors calgary shooting center sfrc um and matador arms all good partners with this show they've helped out the show and the pod, podcast charity network charity shoot in the in the past um just it's too bad that we have to get together on things like this but when we do it just speaks volumes to the quality of, of people that we have in our community
1: the best people in the country
2: no question well richard we're gonna we're gonna let you go um thank you very much for coming on tonight and giving us a hand in, in announcing this uh, important contest to adam grant congratulations adriel get in touch with you shortly to um work out the details and we'll put you in touch with our sponsors because the guns are going to come from the sponsors directly. So, um, yeah, it's on them. Now our hands are done. We're (laughs) done. I'm washing my hands of it.
1: Uh, I just like to say thanks again. I mean, I I can't say thank you enough. And, um, if anyone's interested beyond this in following along with what's going on with, uh, Dick bone, on Facebook there, there is a page called The Trooper, and that's where all the information is. And uh, thanks again, guys.
2: Thank you, Richard.
4: Yeah, thanks for coming on.
3: So, all right, uh, Adam, I think I got his phone number. Do you want to call him up right Holy now? Holy sh- us And let's, ca- yeah. let's call him let's call. and say, hey, what do you think we're calling you kind of a thing. Do it.
2: Hello? Hello, may I speak with Adam Grant? Yeah, that's me. Adam, this is Trevor Furlock calling. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm good. How are you?
2: Good. Do you know who Trevor Furlott is? I sure do. Oh, you ever heard it, of a little show called it, Slam I, Fire Radio? Yeah. Any idea why we may be wanting to call you tonight, Adam?
0: Because I won the uh, bonus not alone? You did, Adam,
2: and you're on the show right now. <laughs> oh, my God. This
0: That's amazing.
2: Say hi to Richard.
0: Uh, I, <laughs> hey, Richard.
1: Hey, Adam. How are you?
0: But I'm good, how are you?
1: I'm uh, fantastic. Hey, congratulations and uh, thanks for uh, participating in this.
0: Uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, heard your story sorry. and sounds probably like one of the strongest that. people I've... Pardon?
2: No, go ahead, Adam. Finish that. Sorry, I interrupted.
0: Oh, I, I was going to say, I, he sounds like he's probably one of the strongest people on this earth
1: huh.
0: to go through all that and have a great attitude.
1: Thank you. It's. Uh, I always say when you don't have much of an option, <laughs> that's when you find out how tough you are. Yeah.
0: Very well I couldn't put. even imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want you to. To be honest, <laughs> but I. Uh, yeah. Thanks and congratulations so much on uh, on winning the whole big prize pack, buddy.
0: Oh, that's unreal.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah and thanks Thank you for your- very much. Thanks for including your telephone number, Adam. We uh, we hadn't actually planned on calling you live on the air, but uh, we had actually hung up with Richard and all of a sudden Adriel's like, Hey, we have Adam's telephone number. Let's <laughs> let's call him up and catch him off guard. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Yeah. So oh, that's uh, Adam, awesome. Uh,
2: what are you gonna do with these new guns?
0: Um, well I'm trying to I'm gonna be doing a C T V on the twenty fifth. And uh, my wife is getting into uh, shooting in that with me, so uh, she'll have a pistol now. And uh, I was kind of drooling over the BCL, uh, and I'm like, oh, I really want to buy one, but uh, now I don't have to. No, you don't.
4: <laughs>
0: no. Do you have an SKS? <laughs> I do have an SKS. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect.
4: <laughs> this
0: works out <okay. laughs> nice.
1: Well, sometimes well, things maybe. come together well <laughs>
0: yeah. so adam i would uh <clears throat> no no go ahead oh i was gonna say i'd like to uh, i'm just slowly getting into the shooting sports a little more i grew up my dad hunted and uh i hunting didn't really tickle my fancy but uh, i kind of like uh shooting so i've kind of been slowly getting into pistols and uh yeah just trying to Get into the shooting sports, and I did Maple Seed.
4: Awesome. And
0: uh, Ben Kelly.
4: Yeah, hi.
0: At, uh, at Barry. Do... Hi, Kelly. Oh,
4: were you Barry?
0: I was one of the uh, three Adams.
4: Oh, my God. Which one? You were an Adam Cool, yeah. were you? Hey, Adam Cool. No, I was
0: He's Adam list... Grant.
4: Oh, Adam Grant. Hey, Adam. <laughs> Shout out <up> to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Your
2: name's Adam Grant, but were you oh. Adam Cool? I'm pretty no, sure no. you were the Adam Cool guy. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> There's three Adams. Oh, oh my God, you're Adam. Yeah, you're Adam Grant. You were down the. Lo- hey, you're a good shooter though, too, right? <laughs> there is.
0: He is. A good I shooter. was kind of mediocre.
4: No, you were pretty good.
0: <laughs> she knows. Seriously,
4: no. So, hey, Adam. Adam I, I, have a, actually out of everybody, I'm the only one that's madam. Cool. Yeah. I feel, I feel special.
2: So, Adam, we will put you in contact with the sponsors one way or another. Like, I'll just start a facebook conversation between you and jeff reese and then you can give him your license number and go that way and kelly will get you in contact with sfrc to get your uh, bcl and uh, i'll hook you up with the matador arms people as well to get your chassis
0: awesome thank you very much
2: oh uh, it's 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 us we're grateful to you and all the other amazing folks in the gun community who participated in this to to help give richard a little something to make things slightly bit easier so
1: uh, Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you.
2: All right, well, we'll let you get back to whatever you were doing, Adam. And uh, once again, thanks a lot, man.
0: Awesome, thank you. All
2: Enjoy, right, nice. Thanks.
0: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. This is the coolest thing we've ever done on Slam Fire Radio, and we've talked to Masada Yub. <laughs> and talk Wesson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this stops it all. This is awesome. Yeah. And again, Richard, thank you for coming on to... You know, mm. be a part of this important uh, event.
1: Uh, it's cool to hear him excitement.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds you like a nice you, guy.
1: You guys are good people.
2: Well, whatever. We do good things. How's that? <laughs> yeah, we do good we do, things.
1: <laughs> we do good things. You better keep track of your own karma points, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll let you go again, Richard. Thanks a lot. Have a have a good night. We'll talk soon.
1: righty, I look forward to hearing the whole show.
3: All right. Take care, pal. All right. Uh, so you kind of touched on the uh, 1911s there with uh, with STI. Um, in terms of some of the other new gun stuff, Canada Ammo had some of their non-corrosive 7.62x39 in stock, and now it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. We just want you to know that you didn't get any.
4: When did, so, Adriel, when did you post that? Uh,
3: that? That that it had gone on sale? Yeah. I think they had that. Oh, was it? it should just How be long between
4: you posting and it's out of? So what difference
3: it does it make? It's gone. Yeah, I'm it's just a, it gone. Just it's a couple. A go couple going. days. Just a couple yep. days. Yeah. Okay. But you know, it does come into this. It does come into country every once in a while. Yeah. Well, they get it
2: made, newly, newly manufactured. Mhm. Yep. Um, I've got uh, a couple of the cases last time. Uh, and both kinds. Last time you could get uh full metal jacket, lead core, or jacketed hollow point, lead core. And of course, non-corrosive, really good stuff. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've got a bunch of the, uh, that copper washed stuff that they had made up that's non-corrosive. And uh, yeah, confirmed it's non-corrosive. Okay. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Saskatoon Gunworks has some more Aero Precision uh, stripped lowers for $99 and matched upper and lowers for $199. So if you're building an AR, that's uh, a pretty good deal. Um, Arms East has the Gen 5 Glock 17s for $799. Uh, They're starting to come into country here, so we're starting to see those more often. Um, This is this is another one from Canada Ammo. I just thought it was kind of interesting. They have 8mm Mauser for $11.89 Eleven eighty nine for twelve hundred rounds, so just under a buck a round. Uh, they've got some really interesting uh, story on where it came from, uh, so check that out on CGN if you're really? interested. If you're if you have like an eight millimeter Mauser uh, rifle, or if you have several, this is like by far the cheapest stuff you're going to find.
2: It looks new. What's the story on it? Take a second and tell us the story.
3: Uh, it's uh, it's remanufactured. Let's see here. What do they say Russian on Russian
2: captured ammo produced in Germany in 1937-1938. Primers, primers have been replaced. Been replaced with new non corrosive primers. That's cool. I, I did something similar with some .30-06. I don't remember where. Oh, I got a doffel bag full of ammo one time. And in there was military surplus .30-06. And it stamped 1945 on it. And I disassembled it. Removed Captured all the powder every time. Because I used a RCBS Call it puller. Dumped the powder into the pan. Punched out the primer with a universal decapping die because the primer is corrosive. The uniform of the primer pocket. Pressed in a new Winchester primer. I probably deburred the flash hole too because I'm weird like that. And then reassembled the bullet. So it looks like 1945 ammunition, but it's been accurate. The case has been accurized and it's been uh, the primer has been replaced with a non-corrosive primer. Mm-hmm. Oh, but this is
3: Berdan primed. Huh. They put some effort into this, man. Yeah. Well, it says uh, apparently produced for the Romanian Air Force, no head stamp. So maybe they changed over the uh, primers for the Romanians, but <laughs> they didn't end up using it. Like, wow, like this ammo, <laughs> this ammo would have been produced in Germany, captured by Russia, and then was going to be used in Romania. But instead, they sold it to some Canadians, right? So, yeah. So they
2: probably did like what I did only the brass and the bullets look like they've been tumbled to make them look new because it looks like brand new stuff.
3: Yeah, it looks good.
2: Yeah. I'd like to grab a case just because, you know, uh, an eight mil Mauser is on my mill circle list and it's hard to find expensive. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The ammo is quite, uh, expensive, but this isn't Interesting. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Western Metal has Gen Three Glock Seventeens for five ninety nine, which I think that's the cheapest I've seen a, a, a Gen Three for new. Yeah, heck yeah, a yeah. Gen Three. Wow. Yeah, so uh, that's a pretty good deal. I, th- I believe that's one of their Black Friday deals. So our Black Friday deals are going to start popping up now. Uh, you know, if these are if these are new, right? Yeah.
2: Sale price, 599 If you think the Gen 3 fits your hand better, like Matthew runs a Gen 3 because he doesn't like how a Gen 4 fits. Uh, some people still believe the Gen 3 is better than the Gen 4. It's a good deal.
3: Yep. Well, and then Gen 5 has no finger grooves, so I don't know. Yeah.
4: Yep. I
3: prefer that. I was never bothered by them except for on my 19. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. And the last one we have here, Tenda has American Eagle 9mm. Four two sixty nine per thousand, so that's, that's so bad. pretty inexpensive nine millimeter. Yeah, that's and it's American Eagle, so it's brass case if you want to keep it. Yep, two hundred and seventy dollars for a thousand rounds. Yeah, now it is one fifteen grain bullets. I prefer uh, like one twenty four or one forty seven or something like that, but it's cheap. If you're a plinker, if you're a plinker, you don't care. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, if you're not a Nipsick guy or whatever, you got to shoot knockdown steel. But if the steel's calibrated it won't matter really, but anyway. Yep. Heck, even
3: just to burn through
2: it and keep the brass.
3: Uh no, you can you can get cheap nine millimeter brass. You can you can buy that stuff yeah. cheap. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, very interesting. Why don't uh why don't we move on to the main topic? And joining the show now is filthy, the stormtrooper? Clone Trooper, brother. Clone Trooper. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure which uh episode of star trek that was from so i guess i forget sometimes
5: <laughs> you son of a no, I... <laughs> where's the beep button oh, seriously <laughs> i beep i did it to him button. over uh,
3: over facebook too so it's uh, it should be expected by now <laughs> filthy i have a question yes how does someone of your background
2: have such a comprehensive knowledge of primitive earth weapons and i don't just mean like today's weapons which are primitive to you but you're on here tonight to talk about the military weapons used by canadians during world war one and world war two because it's a a memorial day or not a memorial day remember 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 the the, uh, main topic here so how did you given your you know past employment become so knowledgeable about world war one and world war two weapons
5: well a soldier is a soldier is a soldier. Mm-hmm. So, to to know humans, earthlings, I should say, we're all humans, right? To some degree. Right. Uh, gotcha. to, to, to know earthlings is to know your past military history to evaluate your usefulness to the empire. So, I studied um, uh, earth military history extensively, even, even back to ancient times. And uh, Canadian World War II military history is a since I married a Canadian earthling. Is a particular interest to me. Hmm. Interesting.
3: So, uh, you know, we uh, w- this is uh, Remembrance Day coming up here. Uh, what uh, what different firearms from World War One and World War Two do you like the most? Which ones do you actually
5: own? <laughs> Funny you say that, Adriel is the only the only Commonwealth um, milsurp weapon that I own, is a uh, Chinese contract, Inglis High Power, which, unfortunately, as a young clone trooper and not knowledgeable about the value of potential millserp I bubbed. He bubbed. He bubbed so, good. So badly. <laughs> he
2: bubbed he, he two mm. historical firearms. The other one we're currently trying to get Denis to restore, which we need an update on, I think, eh? I haven't mm. heard anything on that for a while, but, yeah, he bubbed a Remington Rand 1911 A1 and an English high power. Tried to turn them into race pistols.
3: Well,
5: I don't don't feel so bad for bubbling a
2: a Narinko now. (laughs) You're not bubbing bubbing a Narinko. You're.
5: Bubba a Narinko.
2: Yeah. We can only improve them. We're putting lipstick on pigs, Adriel. There we go. So, yeah, you do have a lot of. Well, you pretty much have the whole Band of Brothers collection, except for the Tommy gun.
5: Mm. Someday.
2: Someday, yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it, Adriel? That he has all the other ones except for it's a very empire risk move. He has a bunch of the other countries, but none of the Canadian countries.
5: Huh.
3: When well, they're the, they're the, they're the most available. The uh, you know three o threes, whether they be the Ross or the uh, Enfield, are are pretty common around here, right?
2: Yeah. Well, what about that? You do have some rifle in, that was given you, filthy. That is, uh, what is that? That a P P fourteen?
5: I, I have a P fourteen that was possibly the issue rifle for a great uncle of mine, on the wife's side, uh, of course. Um, he was a combat engineer who who went to England in World War One. He didn't go over and and into. You know, into combat, but uh, it was probably his issue weapon, which he brought home with him. And uh, he was a, how would you say it? He was an amateur blacksmith, so he like made it into his hunting rifle. He bubbled it like he used a saw file to chop off the sights and lighten it up, and and a handsaw to cut up the wood. It's it's pretty awful, but it's also amazing because it was probably his World War One issue rifle. Mm.
3: Very cool. Um. So, what, what typically? What would uh, a soldier of World War One or World War Two f- uh, go to the field with? Or well, let's
2: start with one and then go into two, because there are there are some differences. Are tell Oh yeah, yeah. Tell us all about like uh, all the guns that we used, Phil, in World War One and then oh. World War Two. Like both both you know battle rifles, submachine guns, and and large machine guns. You know what did we have?
5: So in World War One, the Canadian troops went over with the Ross rifle, which was a very accurate rifle, but it had very tight tolerances. And <laughs> there was a small possibility of, of uh, when you field-stripped field stripped it that you put it together incorrectly and the bolt would come back into your face. Um, I, think, I think that that was oversold, that that could happen. I think what, what was more of a problem was that the tight tolerances made it in in mud in field conditions, it was inappropriate as a rifle. You needed something a little more sloppy that was reliable, like the Lee infield So eventually, it was it, well pretty rapidly it was done away with, and Canadian troops were issued uh, SMLEs or what you would uh, what we often call the Number One Mark Threes.
3: Yeah, I mean the uh, the mechanism that uh, is on those Ross rifles is uh, it needs tight tolerances. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know how you make, uh, like it's, it's possible that there's some straight pulls out there that are uh, a little bit more resistant to uh, uh, shooting within, in bad conditions, but all mm-hmm. the ones I've seen have been like Swiss watches where <laughs> you
5: don't want any exactly. mud
3: dirt to getting in there.
5: And they did continue to use them as sniper rifles. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: So can you buy a
2: purpose-built Ross sniper rifle like a Mosin sniper
5: rifle? No, they're, that's long gone. I mean, when you look on Gun Nuts, and I punished myself before this podcast by going on there to look in the Milserp section and the pistol section to see what was available, the only ro- the only um, um, Ross rifles that are left are sporterized. Really? They're so rare now, yeah. Hmm.
3: So, Ross rifles for World War One. D- did we Take any pistols into World War One? Uh,
5: uh, a variety of pistols. Um, I think in World War One officers were allowed to they were issued pistols or they were allowed to purchase their own. So there was a lot of what they call Canadian contract nineteen elevens, right, Trevor?
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Which which are beautiful guns. I would love to get my hands on one of them. And then there was the the Webley and Inglis, and a lot of them were in four fifty five which is, uh, is a neat caliber.
2: So the <clears throat> would there have been any different markings on the Canadian contract 1911s? Is there a way to determine Yeah, there's or not... the,
5: the broad sea stamp, right? Really? Now. Yeah.
2: Yes, I think we did figure that out during research yeah. one time. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, what I would do for one of those. Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, what changed we went into World War II? I guess we, we dumped the Ross rifle, Um what did we, yeah, we, uh, we clean up with?
5: Enfield. We went over to the Lee, the Lee Enfield uh, number one Mark III, but we, in World War II, they called or World War I, sorry, they called the SMLA short uh, magazine Lee Enfield. And uh, then it, in the 20s, they called it the number one Mark III. And we started World War II with that. And then eventually, we went over to the uh, number four Mark One.
2: No, can you touch upon that, Phil? What the, um, like, for example, if you ask me, a difference between a model of 1911 and a 1911A1, I can, I can go there no problem. But I can't tell the difference really between a number one Mark III and a number one Mark IV. Well, uh, you know, I know. Okay. That
5: yeah. Cosmetically, um, uh, one of the major differences is, is uh, the sights, right? The number three Mark One had the the tangent sight up in front of the receiver, right? Which was adjustable out to. Uh, I actually don't, I don't remember right now. Probably eight eight hundred yards. Something super optimistic. Right? <laughs> Something like that, and and they were actually issued volley sights too, right? At the at the, the start of World War One and World War Two, they they did away with those um, off to the side of the receiver, and they would you know use them kind of like artillery. It was it was a neat idea, but it would, didn't wasn't really practical. Um, and the um, the number four Mark One, of course, had the aperture sight on the rear of the receiver, mm-hmm. and um, the the cosmetically the front end of it looked different. The barrel actually extended out past the uh, past the front sight, whereas there was kind of a what would you say an end cap on the number three Mark One.
2: Yeah, the one that Mike possibly has that I held that it seems like it's yeah. four feet long. Yeah, um, it yeah, the front end is very different. It's like yeah the way it's capped around the wood and the and the mm-hmm. way the muzzle extends is is completely different from a number 4.
4: Yep.
5: And they both had different bayonets. The the number 3 Mark 1 had basically a short sword for yep. a bayonet and the uh, and the World War 2 number 4 Mark 1 had a spike bayonet which which the I apparently the British troops called a pig sticker. Nice. No. Yeah. Now what a about Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say it was, which also uh, was used on the Sten gun. Later versions of the Sten gun, the airborne really. version, <laughs> yeah, the airborne version uh, of the Sten gun had a bayonet attachment.
2: So now weird. we jumped into World War II without talking about uh, machine guns from World War One. What did the Canadians have in the trenches?
5: Okay, uh, as a squad, uh, or I shouldn't say squad, Canadians had sections. Uh, as a section machine gun, they had the the Lewis gun, which. Trevor and I have seen at uh, at the machine gun museum. It's an air cooled uh, drum drum fed uh, machine gun n three
2: hundred three.
5: n three hundred three, yep. Almost uh, looks
2: like it's made out of sheet metal with this yeah. round disc shaped drum sitting mm-hmm. on top of the barrel mm-hmm. housing.
5: Yep. And apparently there was a um, hundred and one possible stoppages. Remember our friend Chris th- Base? <laughs> yeah. Because the the underface of the drum is open. Yep. Right? So, I mean, if you're in battlefield conditions in World War One, In a trench. In a trench. Mud. I mean, anything can get up, get in there, right?
2: And, all right, what did we have any other, Do we have any light machine guns? Well, that would have been a light machine that, gun.
5: That was the, the squad, the, sorry, section, automatic. And then there was the heavy machine gun, which would be the Vickers, which is the, the uh, water-cooled. You'd see the big water jacket on the front of it, and there would be a hose down to a, a can and belt fit. That was the, the, the main machine gun for the Canadians in, in World War One.
2: And was Actually, that a
5: yeah. No, it's a 303 as well, but you can do sustained fire with that because with the water jacket, you can just blast away. Gotcha. So
2: more... Um, the same caliber, but uh, greater rate of fire.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you can just keep shooting it with a water jacket to keep the barrel cool.
2: Okay, so um, did we have any submachine guns in World War One?
5: No, there was no Commonwealth submachine guns in World War One. Oh, really?
2: Okay, cool. And all right, so then back to World War Two. Sure. Other than the Lee Enfield, did we like we did a transition period from Ross rifle to Lee Enfield? Did mm-hmm. we just use Lee Anfields exclusively during World War Two?
5: No. In World War II, we had, um, well, if we want to break it down, a, a basic section in World War II would have been a, a corporal with a submachine gun. And you would have had six riflemen with Lee Enfields. And you would have had a three-man um, light machine gun unit with a Bren gun. Which is a three hundred three light machine gun, uh, top feed thirty shot magazine, and two riflemen who would who would support him with uh, carrying extra ammo, and they both had Lee Enfield rifles.
2: Would the Bren gun be kind of like in the same
5: class as the BAR? Yes, it would, only better. Sorry, Americans. Really? <laughs> why? Why do you think it was better? Well, it was. Uh, it had it had uh, a thirty shot magazine. It was top feed, so that you. Uh, it was easier to reload, and from uh, on, it was it was Commonwealth.
2: It had the mag where the sight, uh, you know, where the line yeah, sight you, should have been.
5: you you have offset sights on it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I fired awkward. one in semi-auto back in the '80s. It, it's pretty damn cool. You mentioned and that
3: we still uh, have the Lewis. You mentioned the subguns that uh, the officers officers would use. What kind of uh, subgun would they use?
5: Uh, yeah, the, the section commander, the corporal, would use, um, well, at the start of World War II, he would be a Thompson submachine gun. And uh, later on in the war in the Northwest Europe, after the Normandy invasion, it would have been a Sten gun. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather and have early, the Tommy gun than, than, the, than the Sten. I, can, I, I concur.
5: Having handled both, yeah, I think so too. It's probably wow.
3: just that the Sten's cheaper to to manufacture.
5: And it was 9mm, which was... Mm, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: here's an obscure question
2: did the Tommy gun fire the same ammunition that they issued for the 1911 pistol or did they kind of bump it up some
5: I honestly I think that they had the same ammo and I I don't know for sure you probably have somebody who's listening who's who's screaming right now saying no or yes
2: (laughs) yeah we have people who scream often
3: yeah
4: that's usually Trevor though
3: that's true. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, given that the the Lee Enfield was kind of our our main rifle, um, where did we get them from? Did we make them here? Did we buy them from England? Did we buy them from the states? Like, where where did we get those Enfields uh, from?
5: Well, early early World War Two, and of course, in World War One, all all Lee Enfields were made in Britain. Early World War Two, our our Lee Enfields would have been Number Three Mark Ones, and they would have been been uh, English manufactured, but as the war went on, uh, we had long branches, of course, which we all want, right? Mm-hmm. Long, branches no long branches from where? Cana- Canadian manufactured in Ontario. Ah.
2: Now, how do they stack up compared to uh, English made the Enfield? Are they known to be better, worse?
5: Supposedly,
2: supposedly better. The finish on them seemed better.
5: Yep. Some of those uh, Savage number no. four Mark ones look pretty nice too, although well, I've heard that there's been receiver problems, but I've, I've never seen it.
2: I have my Savage Lee Anfield here in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no. My question is: Were the Savage number no. fours made for Canadians or Americans, or not Americans? I mean.
5: I think they were made for Commonwealth, in general, right. but probably a lot of Canadian. Well, I think in Canada there was a lot of them for reserve troops, and this is speculation because I know there's a there's somebody out there who's a Lee Enfield expert who's screaming, "Why didn't you have me on the show?" Well, well he's welcome you, to come on. I'd yeah, like exactly. To on.
2: If exactly. if you're the Lee Enfield expert <laughs> who's screaming right now, send me an email. We'll have you on. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah, here's what I want to know. I was told that they couldn't produce land fields fast enough during World War II, so they contracted Savage to make them. And mm-hmm. that's why they say U.S. property, or the reason they say U.S. property on them is because they were supposed to go back to the Americans after the mm-hmm. war. They were like a... a lend-lease. lend-lease, yeah. You've heard this too?
5: Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I think... I, I don't want to... I really don't want to talk down to the listeners, but uh, if you look at the history of World War II... Um, the initial the initial part of world war II was you know in the battle of france and the the british basically were forced out of out of france because of the blitzkrieg but so they lost a ton of equipment there and that set that materially set them back quite a bit right so they need they needed they lost so much equipment there they had to resupply their whole army they saved their troops but they lost so much equipment they had to resupply them and so they were scrambling for, for whatever weapons they could get at the time. One of the best equipped units that was that survived at the actual Battle of France was the 1st Canadian Infantry Division. And they actually sent one of their brigades, one-third of their troops over to France, and they lost a fair amount of their heavy equipment.
2: I'd just love to know if we used any of these Savage land fields in combat overseas, or if they were just, like you said, they were made... Yeah. For the Commonwealth and got handed out everywhere and mm-hmm. I like I don't see any any stampings on this rifle that would lead me to believe that it was Canadian
5: right um I were uh, like just just scamming Wikipedia which is of course is the authority on the internet uh, a lot of a lot of savages were turned into sniper rifles the the T rifles right really along yeah
2: now the the rifling is different this is two groove rifling which is supposed to be more
5: accurate mm-hmm
2: so they say you know they know everything well
5: i mean and that was battle that was world war ii expedient rate. Right? The, re- the regular was five groove right mm-hmm. and they went they went over to two for rapid rapid production
2: okay what else do we need to cover here for world war ii
5: uh I'm, well there's so much right
2: well what about handguns in world war ii like if we didn't have an american 1911 what kind of revolvers were we getting
5: well, there was a lot of Enfields and Webleys, and there was different uh, different calibers. There was uh, thirty-eight short and wimpy, and there was four fifty-five. That was uh, some of the more. Uh, I mean, Smith and Wesson thirty-eight Smith and Wesson, and uh, forty-five uh, four fifty-five, which is also kind of a very mellow round. And uh, we had the Inglis. the The English high powers were kind of late war some 44 on and there were a lot of specialist troops like airborne and and uh, tankers um, and there was some 45s it was 1911s and they were mostly uh, used by commandos and and uh, specialist troops
3: cool anything else to add nope I guess uh, I guess that's it well <laughs> <laughs> well sort of uh, sweet I guess yep yeah Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks uh, again for uh, for coming on, Filthy. I need, I know that uh, we needed to uh, to get some of that expertise for uh, for some of those Millsurp guns and and what we use as Canadians. And, uh, and we're glad that uh, we got you on.
5: Oh, anytime you guys need me, I'm I'm there for you. And uh, it was a pleasure to be on. I always love uh, love supporting your show. And let's uh, honor Remembrance Day, both current and past troops. Right.
3: Absolutely. Yep. Okay, let's get into the listener feedback. Uh, We've got a couple long ones here. Kelly, did you want to take this first one?
4: Not really. Okay. (laughs) Okay, take the second one. No, I don't really want the second one. I'll (laughs) take take the first one. It's from James. It says, Trevor, with your newfound love of 1911s, SKSs, and with your gaming IPSC attitude, my question is, uh, when will you be using the SKS as a At a competition. Uh, Never. (laughs) We all know it.
2: Never, because five round makes.
4: Yeah, that's true. We all know you're only second best or first place loser, as Ricky Bobby would say. Uh, Trevor is a little bummed right now. I bet he goes home, goes to bed, and gets a good night's sleep and forgets about his second place finish. Then one day he's in traffic, sitting at a red light, and then he yells, For F's sakes, how did he beat me? punching the steering wheel in a full um, mounted rage. Uh, how's the hunting going? Not good. Uh, that's what I thought. Are you a vegetarian yet? How did you like them apples? This is from James. Isn't it? <laughs> seems, like you're, uh, seems like all the gaming you do, uh, going back to the basics, might improve your game. Um, for all of you, how was Halloween? Did you save any candy for the kids? No, not really. Um, and it says, uh, "When will I get back to the Lars?" An- well, I'll get back to my Lars Anderson YouTube videos, uh, turning arrows. Can't wait. And this is from James. This is from uh, uh, Ginger, Ginger Snap, Snaps. Ginger Snaps. Yeah, he 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 has a way with sending emails, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, he's got a way already.
4: And he says, "P.S." Hey, can I get a referral for a CRO course? What does that mean?
2: Well, just what he said. He wants a referral for the CRO course.
4: Okay. And uh, this is a great way to get a hard no. Exactly. I'm not saying the last piece because that'll get bleeped anyways.
3: (laughs) Just more work for me.
4: So James Burke, a.k.a. Ginger Snap. Thank you for the email. And uh, yeah, uh, sorry, I didn't. I don't think I bet it as bad as this last one, though.
2: Yep. Sorry, James. The um,
3: CRO, of course, is full.
4: So that's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. I'll take the next one here from Spencer. Hey, guys. Hate to burst your bubble, but the Remington RP9 is available here for 169 U.S. after the $100 rebate. That's actually slightly cheaper than a high point pistol. I enclosed a pick of the website just for proof. <laughs> okay, would you guys buy one for one hundred sixty
4: nine?
3: Nope. <laughs> that was quick.
4: <laughs> that was that was really quick. You didn't you even have to think about it. You buy
3: one for like a guest gun? <laughs> uh,
4: guest towels, guest guns, mm. guest room.
3: I yeah. I don't know.
2: If I hadn't held it, sure, I'd I'd take a gamble on it. But mm-hmm. I've held it and dry fired it and I'm you, really I'm good.
4: You held it when you were at the Calvary Shoot Center, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tried it out. Did like it at all?
3: Didn't didn't fire it, but uh no. dry fired it. I can't
2: believe mm. that they're no, cheaper than the high
3: point. Like high point is a cheaply made pistol. Uh, the RP9 isn't that cheaply made. So are they just getting rid of stock? are they trying to get the, like some more market shares so that they can get some aftermarket uh, support like are not they're, they're not Kelly. making money.
4: Well didn't they make a ton of them before the whole election no I think that's it's flooded, mm-hmm. isn't it?
2: Maybe well there might be something to that Kelly like we're seeing firearms prices. Plummet. In general, plummet, yep. A lot of, you know, they're not the only company offering a mail in rebate. Thompson Center got something going on as well. Um, So prices in general are going down, but I think Remington's reputation has been hurt so bad by the R51. Recalls on the Remington 700, recalls on the 870. They introduced a new product that's garbage. Then two of their flagship. Lines the 700 and the 870 guns that they've been making since the 50s and 60s suddenly are being recalled. It just speaks volumes to how far the quality control at that plant has slid, and uh, they're losing market share. Uh, I think they're just they've got a lot of product out there that they need to recoup some investment on. Yeah. A total speculation, but that's that's how I feel. So, I like a liberal, it doesn't have to be true. I just have to feel it.
4: Oh come on. I think it's pretty true. No, it could be. No, I think it's pretty cool they are trying to recoup some of the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: Yeah. Uh Spencer continues. I also saw that Palmetto State Armory, the PSA you mentioned, was selling their basic AR ten for four hundred and sixty five dollars at some stores here in GA. Oh man, I would I would buy an AR ten at four sixty five. Damn right. Uh, I thought I'd gotten a great deal on my MMP-10 for around $1,000 a few years back, but the AR price war has now spilled over to the AR-10, it seems. On a separate note, I'm glad Trevor is learning to appreciate the 1022. That was the first real gun I ever bought. I got it brand new for $85 at the Sears Roebuck in the Framingham Mall? Just outside? Farmingham. 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 Yeah, that's where they Uh, start
4: the Boston Marathon. Go ahead.
3: Here we go. Just outside Boston. Yep. That would have been in 1978 or early 1979. I used it for a little, then lost my firearms ID card. Since it was a felony to take the gun anywhere without it, it sat in a gun case for 30 years or so, and then bumped around the country with me until I rediscovered shooting again in 2010 or so. Over the years, I thought about selling it a few times, but I never had the heart to. Needless to say, I'm really glad I still have it today. I've bought a few more over the years, including one I'll be writing to you about in a week or two. But that old one is still the best. Fun fact: a lot of folks think that the 10.22 was Ruger's first rifle, but it wasn't. Their first rifle was the 44 Magnum Deer Stalker, tube-fed semi-auto. It looks like a big 20, uh, 10.22 though, and they simply scaled down the iconic stock and replaced the tube mag with the rotary when they came out with the 10.22 afterwards. There's also a line of 10.22 lever action guns yep. called the Ruger Model 96. They have almost the same 10.22 stock, use the same rotary mags, but are lever guns instead of semi-autos. The 96s are available in 44 Magnum, 22 Long Rifle, 22 Magnum, and 17 HMR. That last one is really, really rare. It took me years to find one for less than a thousand bucks. The rest are actually fairly common and are fantastic rifles for the money. Plus, they will shoot ammo that would cause the ten twenty two to barf. Keep up the great show. Spencer from Smyrna. I know where there is the forty four Magnum version.
2: Um, somebody that I coached in archery for many, many years and is still like a close friend, him and his dad. Um, his grandmother had one and would shoot a deer with it every year. Uh, neatest thing. It is just a... It's a beefed up ten twenty two that shoots a forty four magnum well, I mean it came before the ten twenty two so you know mm-hmm. but that's you look at it, and you're like, what's wrong with that ten twenty two it just looks too wait a second, holy cow, this is awesome, it's really it's something else um, yep, and of course she she passed away last year, and uh nobody shot it since, and it hasn't left the house since, and Christopher's dying to try it, but not uh I don't they're not they're not ready to start playing with grandma's rifle yet but yep seen many a picture of her since you know with a white tail and that rifle in her hand so it's pretty awesome um which speaks to the versatility of it it's the right size for a smaller person and I mean Christopher's grandmother was not a, a large lady she was quite petite so here she was able to whack deer you know apparently she's taken deer as far as 200 yards with it before with uh uh, a rifle that shoots 44 magnum ammo huh. pretty
3: awesome that's something yeah the, yep. it, i'm just looking at it on wikipedia here four round tubular magazine six pounds is, for the weight is excellent gas yep. operated rotating bolt interesting isn't that cool
2: yeah uh, it's the only one i've ever seen and then matthew and i were at his range one time and there was a guy there with one of the lever action ten twenty twos. and uh but i had no idea they were that they were that rare man the only one i've ever seen but I never give it another thought. So it's interesting to see that they're, uh, hear that they're quite rare.
3: Mm-hmm. Interesting gun. Yeah. Uh, Spencer has a couple of PSs in here. PS heads up, just a heads up. Gun folks prepare in a lot of ways. And I'm guessing most people listening have a fire extinguisher or two around. Uh, kid is one of the big names and they're recalling some 40 years worth of models. If they have plastic or pull tab mechanisms, Supposedly, they'll replace them uh, within 15 days if you fill out the form on the website, but I'm not holding my breath. They started making some of these models in the 1970s, so there must be millions out there. If you have a kid extinguisher, the odds are good that your model is on the list. Mm. So, we take a look at that. Mark Giroux, if you're
2: listening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listener Mark Giroux, um, fireman, um, he refills them as a little part-time... Uh, Side gig that he does. He's refilled some for me, actually. I've got one in the hmm. basement, two in the kitchen, and uh, yeah. So, kid,
3: interesting.
5: Yeah.
3: yeah, Kelly, did you want to take this next one from Daniel?
4: From Daniel, uh, taking new. Sh- so he was listening to the most recent episode about taking uh, shooter, uh, new shooters to the range. He says taking new shooters to the range is one of my favorite things. to Do one tip I picked up from the uh, Tom uh, Gresham on Gun Talk is to buy one of those cheap $10, they're not $10 here by the way, ear and eye pro packages and gift it to the new shooter. It allows them to take fresh uh, ears and eye pro. gives them a take-home gift uh, to remember the occasion, and it shows gun owners are not just a bunch of uh, Marites, Neanderthals. That's American. (laughs) America! No. Maybe, yeah. Anyways, what works for me is uh, safety and basic gun handling brief, uh, briefing at home, uh, where we go over the four rules, grip with an airsoft rifle, a uh, pistol, and airsoft rifle, basics of aimings uh, with a red dot, and how the firearm functions, make release, safety, a slide, a charging handle, etc. At the range. They go over pistol, uh, double up on ear pro, start with a, his suppressed Ruger uh, 2245 using subsonic ammo and red dot optics. Uh, they remove the suppressor and shoot it unsuppressed, and they move on to the 1911 in 9mm only if they want to. If they want to move on to my Glock 19, no other handguns beyond that, no need for the first range trip uh, to shoot 40, 45 or any revolvers or any uh, subcompact or pocket pistols. And transitioning between a Ruger 22-45 uh, uh, and a 1911 is very similar, uh, similar and natural. So he goes on to say about rifle: start with my suppressed uh, 4.5 barrel uh, dedicated 22 LR upper on my short barrel rifle, uh, or AR-15 lower with the red dot optic. I remove the suppressor and shoot it unsuppressed. Uh, only if they want to, I'll put on my 16-inch upper at. In 223F 5.56 with the red dot optic and no rifles or shotguns beyond that. By, ch- uh, by changing only the upper, the length of pull on the stock, the grip, and the trigger pull are all the same. Uh, question for Slamfire Radio Crew How many new shooters do you estimate you introduced in new shooting every year?
3: Hmm. Direct or indirect?
4: Right, that's a good question.
3: Because direct, I think I do 10 plus. But yeah, indirect, in really. I have no idea. I mean, we're all on this podcast. Um, we've done YouTube videos, articles on websites. I have no idea how many new shooters uh, read that stuff before, uh, before buying a gun or head, heading out kind of a thing.
4: Yeah. Well, I know with me, it's, I don't know, maybe a half dozen dozen. But it's also with Maple Seed. Mm-hmm. That, that number is like lots so yeah what about you uh
2: not very many like two or three maybe in a good year um yeah. you know well, black busy. badge black badge doesn't count because you're not supposed to be a new shooter coming on black badge we tell you that you're you know you need to have your own stuff and you need to already know how to shoot so no they just the community is is small and uh very rarely do I get a chance to take out somebody who's never actually pulled the trigger before. Once in a
3: while, maybe it's more than that. I don't know. I do not though. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear uh, how different people take take new people out. Uh, the next one here is from Josiah. Uh, hey guys, I'm a new listener. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure that's how it's pronounced?
4: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. Responded I responded to it.
4: Yeah. You, it you read that?
2: that yeah, I
3: did. Yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs> Joey, sure it's Julie. Julie,
3: yes. Joseph, James, yeah. James, I don't know, James. It Jim. is Josiah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Josiah Anyways, it is. Josiah uh, is a new listener trying to learn about guns. Love this podcast. I'm 16, turning 17 on November. I was wondering what I should do for my first 22. I'm thinking 10 22 Remington 597 or Marlin 795. Also wondering what to get for my first centerfire rifle with cheaper ammo. Uh, also, what caliber can be used for hunting that is the cheapest? I live in uh, Thompson, Manitoba. So, which one would work best in the cold for 22s? What am I supposed to do for a year? Can't wait to get my pal. Anyways, love the podcast, guys. Uh, interesting. So, 1022 <laughs> in the cold, um, yep. you, you can get failures. <laughs> yeah, you get failures in all of them. Since it's his yep. first one um,
2: and he's young, I'm going to say, actually. Go with the Marlin 795. You it's, know, cheaper. Got, it's, yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, it's inexpensive to buy, and it's very, very, it's the most accurate out of the three, and it yeah. works well. The trigger's heavy at first, but it'll break in.
4: Yeah.
2: I, and I, as, far I, as far as, sorry, Kelly, go ahead.
4: I was going to say, like, if Matthew is on, he would say the Marlin. You, you like your Remington, and I obviously like my 1022s, but you're absolutely right. The Marlin is the cheapest, and yeah.
2: And the so thing we, is, it's... it's it's really easy to get a bad
4: 5.97. Right. Yes. And the 10.22, well, it's going to cost you an and Lane because you're going to want to change out everything.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: they're
4: yeah. a
3: little bit pricey to start
2: with. but yeah, uh, you're, yeah. You're you're in for 300 bucks no matter what, unless you find a right. used one. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when the Marlins, when Matthew first got back in the Marlins, they were... 149, and they, or maybe 169. They jumped up to 169 pretty quick at Cabela's, but it seems to me they were like 149. Uh, when and I bought you, mine, you, I think it was like 130. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe they're 139. That's it. They were 139, and the popularity caught on. They just started to creep up slowly. Now they're probably like if they're if they're not 200 bucks, they're probably already 200 bucks, mm-hmm. or will be soon. So um, center fire. Savage Axe is two two three. Go ahead, beat it, I dare you. Really?
3: Uh, well it depends what kind of hunting he's gonna do.
4: Well, so he he is, didn't say yeah.
3: anything about hunting. He said he wanted a cheap to shoot center fire. Also what caliber can be used for hunting that's the cheapest. Right. Oh, well, all right then. Twenty two Right. Still Savage Axis. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what Manitoba has for caliber restrictions uh here oh, no El- yeah. here no birdie you can't hunt big game with anything smaller than a 243 in terms of that caliber right. width you could so literally you could hunt with a 9 mil uh pcc but you can't take a 22 250 out deer hunting um mm-hmm. anyways manitoba might have something similar i don't know but it, I, I would i would mirror the savage axis it's cheap yeah. it works it's accurate and uh they should do well in the cold as long as you don't have too much oil on them and, uh, you don't allow it to get wet and then take it out. So just be careful. Yeah. Condensation, uh, to pulling them out from the cold and in and then out again, right. uh, that's what'll ruin it. So either just like one, <laughs> one ch- ch- transition, uh, move it from well, cold to wouldn't... hot or, or move it from hot to cold, but don't, uh, mix and match it. Cause you'll get condensation that won't get a chance to dry off and uh, it could potentially get into the firing pin channel or something like that and then freeze. Yeah. Well that 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 tech, that that's good practice for any gun. And I think um
2: one of the tips we got one time, I think it was from Thomas Donnelly, it was when you when you come in from the cold with your firearm, leave it in the case until case. the case warms up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't open it up and take it out right away.
4: That was on a New Shooter Canada episode. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I All mean right. that's uh, that's a good point too um with 22s that there's not really a lot you can do they've got such a small firing pin channel that uh and, and typically so long that a lot of times if if any condensation gets in there and it freezes you're going to have some light strikes or or failure to fire on uh, on your ammo that's that happened to me today i was literally today shooting a 10.22 in the cold and uh, and getting jams from uh, light light strikes just because it was cold Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just seeing if I was All still right. there, if I was talking to the void. Hello? <laughs> Did you want to take this yeah. next one, Kelly?
4: No. <laughs> Trevor, do you want to take it?
3: No, I,
2: I, I'm not able uh, to read no. tonight.
4: All right. It's from Dell. It says, Hi, Slime Crew. I just wanted, uh, I was just finished listening to episode 230 and just wanted to action by Trevor's request for listener emails. He was whining. So I thought I would share what I did in Glens this week from uh, the last weekend in October. Saturday started early as I had made the drive from Red Deer to Calgary for my 9 a.m. class and I wanted to have breakfast before um, fi- fi- filling my brain. Uh, as I headed out to the road, I queued up episode 229 of Slam Fire Radio. Moments later my already positive mood improved by a few points it happened at the beginning of what I did in guns this week segment you know the part where you plug your sponsor Uh, There was a mention of a class, a training class. Not only was my destination the Calgary Shooting Center, because I'm not a communist, uh, but my reason for going there was the very Handgun Fundamentals class uh, by ONN Training that you mentioned. Talk about feeling plugged into the community. My smile was almost painful. Uh, This was not the first class I had attended. Oh my god, this is long. (laughs) and It will not be the last because I feel you can never get too much instruction and training. But it was the first class that offered a, a competition and prize at the end of the class. Now, I won patches for by besting a class for a particular drill, but didn't even begin to compare to the Gen 5 Glock being offered up by the O&N. Unfortunately, the gun had not arrived in Canada at the time of the class, so the winner would have to settle for a certificate that entitled them to the pistol when it arrived, or a store credit of equivalent value. Still nothing to sneeze at in my books. Although class was not as fun, or sorry, although this class was not as fun and lacked much of the sexy ooh sexy gunfighter stuff. Uh, as the other classes I've taken, the fundamentals were clearly explained and well drilled. I struggled with my trigger uh, control using my New Sig Legion pistol and found myself wishing I would not—I would have brought my uh, trusty a P226 Scorpion Armored Glock 17 instead. I focused on the fundamentals, as they have taught me—they've taught and fought uh, through the frustrations. But by the end of the day, uh, by the end of day two, my shooting was not stellar as my own mi- my. By the end of day two, my shooting was not stellar in my own mind, but it was respectable. The competition was simple enough: no timers, no rush. Just focus on the basics and put the rounds uh, on paper. Five rounds were fired from each of the f- uh, five distances from three to 20 yards. Scoring was simple. Anything outside the uh, seven ring was minus one. Uh, two shooters were down zero, resulting in a shoot off. Uh, the only lady in the class was the only lady in the class and myself, both shooting Legion pistols, squared off at the 20 yard line. Ten rounds for all the marbles. Uh, when we uh, checked, the targets it appeared to be a draw with each of us with one round out of the seven ring. The instructors then told us uh, nothing outside the eight ring would count. The result was negative one on my target, negative three on my opponent. It's been a week as of November 5th. I'm trying to be patient and waiting for my new pistol to arrive. It's not easy. Sorry, but not so sorry about the long email. But it will be fun to see who gets stuck reading it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Your loyal listener, Dell. Congratulations on winning a pistol. That's awesome. It's always Yeah. Gun- it it's always it's always fun to win guns, isn't it?
3: I've never yes. won a gun. <laughs> like Adam.
2: You've tonight never won a gun? Know. I've won a gun. I've won a gun.
4: Mm. Yeah, I've won a, no, I not won
2: a gun.
3: Matthew
4: sorry, you won know. a gun. Oh Adriel needs to win a gun, that's okay, it.
3: Okay, Trevor, you gotta you gotta rig it at the uh at the charity shoot. All right. Put,
2: a, put rig- in the fix for me. There there are no guns that the charity shoot to win yet, I know
3: of. Okay, well,
0: you you have to have at least one,
3: and it has to have my name on it. (laughs) I'd rather just buy you a gun than go through the trouble.
4: (laughs) Okay, Thomas. All right, let's just move on. From Pat.
3: (laughs) All right, I'll take this next one. From Pat. Just listen to your November 3rd episode touching on the introduction of shooting to someone. Uh, I then remember the time I took my 20-year-old daughter shooting for the first time in her life last year. It was an amazing day with her that both of us still talk about. I've attached a photo of her shooting her first magazine with my CZ Shadow. She wanted to go big the first time, and also we didn't have a 22 at her disposal. Hey, it worked out. Then she wanted to try a rifle, so I borrowed an AR from the range, and wow, did she like that. Please find a link to this below. The cool thing that also occurred was a gentleman beside us noticed how how much fun she was having and asked if she would like to try his Glock 17. Again, another firearm she enjoyed. In closing, having a now 21-year-old daughter is is rough for me as more and more times she would rather just spend time with her friend and or boyfriend. Shooting that day was just for me and her. She doesn't go a lot, but that's okay as when we do, it is that much more special and will always remember the first shots she took. Cheers, Slamfire from Pat.
4: That's awesome.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. And that's something that um, if you don't go to the range much, you might not know happens. But a lot of the times, if you're at the range and people see yeah. that you don't have a lot of stuff, they might be they might offer up like, "Hey, do you want to shoot? Do you want to take a mag out of my Glock, or do you want to shoot my 1911 yeah. or my AR?" Like that's very very common to happen and very part of the common, yeah. part of the people community people shoot with are like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Because
4: we're cool like that.
3: Yeah. Thanks for all the uh, listener emails this week, guys. You guys have (laughs) excelled. (laughs) Uh, Next up, iTunes reviews. Did we read this one last show?
4: No, we didn't. So that's why I put it in here.
3: Ah, good. Okay. Uh, This one's from uh, C.L. Chuckles in the U.S. Uh It's five stars. (laughs) And the title is Great Show. Review. The banter between the hosts makes the show fun and a joy to listen to. The info contained is great for anyone interested in shooting, hunting, or throwing your friends under the bus. Great show. Chuck from Alabama. You notice there's a
2: complete and total lack of banter without McClatchy?
5: Hmm.
3: What do you mean? There's more banter,
2: a lot more banter with McClatchy. A lot more banter, yeah. We don't Mm -hmm. pick on each other the way that we do when he's here. Hmm.
4: No, that's true. We could. We miss him.
2: Shut up. <laughs>
3: there we go. Is he
2: ever coming back? Like what the heck? Yeah. How he long just... does it take to sell a house, buy a house and get settled? Honestly.
4: Well a little just a um, weekend? He's furlough Come
2: achieving. On. That's what he's doing. He's he's totally yeah. furlough achieving this whole thing. This
4: is true. You can look that up by under uh you know furlough achieving on the Urban Dictionary and Filthy is on there as as well as Tim Crosno and Trevor. Tim furlough.
2: Crosno's on there.
4: That's the whole thing, banter, between Tim and and Filthy. Really? It's Tim Crosnow. Yeah.
3: That Tim, he'll fight with anybody.
4: It's a joke. <laughs> Let's move on.
3: All right. If you'd like to leave us a review, uh, please review us on iTunes, BeanPod, Google Play, or anywhere that you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, shout-outs. Trevor, do you have any shout-outs? I, um, I guess not.
2: There's nothing written there. No, there's nothing. Matthew, Matthew? Matthew? Uh, no. Well, let, let's shut out Filthy. Let's thank him for coming yeah. on again. Yeah. And no matter what people think, he did a good job. Right, guys?
4: <laughs> he did an amazing job.
2: A good job. Good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you could almost say hey, that the interview hit hit the mark. It did. Yeah. Everything was on target tonight with Filthy.
4: Yeah. He's a stormtrooper, right? Then we had the other trooper, too. So we had two troopers on tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking about that, too. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not
2: sure you caught my marksmanship joke uh, in relation to the clone troopers. I
4: did catch the marksmanship <laughs> Marksmanship.
2: So joke. Uh, you could say that my joke also hit the mark? Mm. Okay. Come on. <laughs> all right, all right.
3: Terrible all right. dad jokes. Terrible dad
2: yeah, jokes.
4: Is, if it wasn't yeah. terrible
3: bad jokes, we wouldn't have jokes on the this show. This true. Is true. True fact. Kelly, do you have any shout-outs?
4: I do have a shout out. It's to Rob Foot. He's a listener, but I also, he came to the shoot uh, at the Frontenac um, Rifle and Pistol Club. And I just wanted to say congratulations on obtaining your rifleman patch this past weekend. Awesome job. And to Adam Grant, sorry, I totally screwed everything up, but I remember you. Just wanted to say. Cool. Okay.
3: All right. Uh, our Patreon supporters, we have seventy six of them, and uh, Mark Price updated his price to two fourteen. Yeah. Yes. Now I got a message from him
2: tonight. He said, "If I win, we need to talk." I'm not sure why he hasn't gotten back to me yet on that, but he sent me that cryptic message, and he upped his Patreon. I wonder what he's up to. Eh. Bribery won't work with us. We're yeah, just stable boy. <laughs> Oh, he's, he
4: been did up, a, he's been upgraded.
2: I hmm. thought we shot him down again.
4: No, really I really have I, to
2: filthy I, to decide.
4: Yeah, no, 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 no. I upgraded him.
2: Oh, oh you don't get to upgrade him. He's not your stable boy you or, or squire. Yeah, oh, I upgra- he did Oh, yeah. Yeah, All yeah
4: right. he got upgraded because he brought me coffee and donuts. Remember?
2: Yeah, 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 and he shot a rifle in. He did.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he just had a birthday. He turned sixty, so.
4: No, we did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: all
3: right. Um, that's Patreonies. So just to sign off here, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those guys. Uh, get out there and buy a millserp, maybe a, a smelly Enfield or a Ross rifle, one of our Canadian or Commonwealth rifles. Um, check us out on gun owners of Canada. Like also, us on Facebook. Oh, sorry, Adriel. Also, can, can, just a uh, request. Yes. Uh, write us and
2: tell us what Canadian milster rifles you have. I'd oh love yeah. i about them and, and the story behind them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have that I'm many.
2: For, I'm looking for a 1911 with Canadian markings. If there's one out there, I want to know about it. Hmm.
3: I never, oh, th- I never figured I you a... For, a, for a collector, <laughs> for like a, a, a historic arms collector. Well, it seems like you're I going wasn't. that way. Yeah, I wasn't, but it's it's definitely
2: happening. Um, I have a new appreciation for the history of those firearms, and uh, you know, yeah. as Matthew would say, we all learn at different rates. And yeah, so, uh, and I'm looking for a number four Mark One bayonet, uh, but I would really like it to have an S stamped on it because my Savage Number Four Mark One has all matching numbers and all the parts are stamped with an S, including the magazine. Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, if there's a Savage Bayonet out there, I'd love to know about it. Hmm.
3: All right. I don't know if I've even fired this thing. You've been, you haven't fired your three hundred three? I don't think I have. Really? So oh, you man. might be, like, doing all this stuff to a rifle that just doesn't fire or just is inaccurate yep. or... Yep. you got to shoot that thing. I know I have, I have too many to shoot and
2: too many things that I do with regards to firearms that don't involve shooting firearms. Mm-hmm.
3: That the, is uh, true.
2: Yeah. The, um, Ginger snaps was talking about the uh, CRO course. I'm teaching an RO course one weekend and a weekend later I'm teach, helping teach a CRO course mm. for ipsic New Brunswick. So getting back into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff,
3: a lot Forget of stuff, missing. too much stuff all right uh like us on facebook we've got a a page over there where you can discuss the shows and talk to other listeners yep and make fun of Kelly. yeah or matthew just you know razz him a little bit about uh, not selling his place that fast and uh buying a new one Mm -hmm. and uh i think i think that's it i think that's the show well done everyone well done indeed